0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Brick Boys podcast where we talk about pretty much anything that we want to, whether that be anime, car related or pretty much anything else. Now today we're going to be talking about anime for the first time and the first one that we're going to be talking about is one that I finished binge watching just the other day. I don't think I've ever watched a show so quickly and that is Battle Game in 5 Seconds. Right, sorry, battle in five seconds after meeting. Depends on which website you ask. Now, according to Mel, this is only rated at a 6.77. Personally, I disagree with that. But I'm sure that you will understand why by the end of this episode. Now, so I was stuffing around the other day I was looking through, I think it was action on Crunchyroll, and all of a sudden, I saw this show. That was Battle Game in 5 Seconds. And I was like, wow, that looks kind of cool. Let's give the first episode a shot. And I decided to watch it in in dub, because I was planning on watching it with my uh, younger brother. Uh, without reading the um, the rating of it. So, got to it was partway through the first episode, and I will warn you, this does contain spoilers. So, if you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend it. Just make sure that you come back to the podcast after you've watched it, and you can blast it out in a day. Um, and if you have seen it, well, then you really shouldn't care if I give you a spoiler. Everyone who doesn't want spoilers gone. Good, great, wonderful. Okay. So, I'm telling you now everything up until maybe the last episode is really, really good. It's one of my favorite shows that I've seen in a very long time. So, basically it starts off with this um with this kid. His name is Akira. Right, And he is just an average, I think he's like a high schooler, and he's just, you know, he's he's bored with his life. He's very good at games, and he's just bored. And then all of a sudden, whilst he's standing there at a crosswalk, a van pulls up, and a big, kind of like a zombie-looking ghoul walks out and just start attacking him. And instead of, like, any other sane person on going, oh, my God, there's someone attacking me, he jumps on a bike and begins thinking, hey, this is similar to that game that I played the other day. If I use this strategy and this strategy, I can probably beat the guy, which I know is something that we've all dreamed of doing, Just being able to remain so calm and collective in that. But how on earth does he jump on a bike as a high schooler and just go, man, this is like that game that I played the other day. Maybe if I do this and this, then I can kill the guy. What on earth? So, anyway, we move past that because of anime logic. We don't worry about that. On to the next portion, which is he finds a good abandoned site, and if we can just ignore the fact that he's a high schooler and just imagine that he is actually a smart kid who doesn't need morals, then he's very, very smart. He manages to defeat the ghoul by crushing him with a water tank and then making him fall uh, down a building. And then all of a sudden, once that... So we've got action pretty much straight away. All of a sudden, this cat girl walks out, called Mion, and she very much reminded me of some kind of psychotic cat girl, which is the first time that I've seen that, and it was very, very interesting to see. So, anyway, she then shoots him, heavily wounding him, and then he, like, passes out and accepts defeat on that one. All of a sudden, he wakes up in a crowd with a lot of people all in a room with her standing up the front. And they're all wearing these special high-tech handcuffs. And she says to them all, you all have special powers and abilities. You've all been chosen at random. You just have to survive. There are no penalties for killing others and you'll be in a one-on-one death match against each other. So, they all go back to their little rooms discover what their powers are, and then we go on to the first battle. Now, we don't know what his powers are until after the first battle, which is, I think, really, really smart of the directors to do. Uh, I don't know if this was inspired by a manga, but whoever created that concept, genius. Because we go through the whole thing knowing about as much as his Opponent. Now, his opponent is some delinquent who can turn a stick into a sword, which is actually, as you learn later on, that sword has the ability to slice through absolutely anything. And now, the kid, he just runs, right? Akira just runs away, tries to distract um, the guy, and then hides in a dark room. And then all of a sudden, he tricks the guy and says that he has the hand cannon that the super powerful cat girl has. Because everyone saw her killing one of the candidates with this cannon arm. So he then, Akira then says to the other guy that he has the cannon arm. The other guy believes it and then all of a sudden, Akira's got this massive cannon arm that he shoots at the guy. The other guy then forfeits, and Akira wins the match. Now, it is only after this that we actually learn what his power is, which is his power is whatever the other person thinks that it is, which is genius. For someone, they're practically creating a manipulative character as his ability. They're drawing out his manipulation through that's what his ability needs which is quite honestly genius. So he wins the match, and then the next challenge is a five versus five challenge. So everyone thinks that it's a team one, and they're all fighting at the same time. Little do they all know that once they arrive there, it is a five on five, but each person from one person from each group is randomly selected to fight another person from the other group. And if it is the first team to three wins. So it is still a one-on-one fight between two people. But if you lose, it isn't the end of the line for your team. But if you win and everyone else in your team loses, then your whole team loses and you all face the same punishment. So... And you would expect that to bring out either a leader in someone or a villain in someone, which is exactly what happens. It brings out the leader in Akira and the villain in the, essentially the leader of the other side being Rin. Now, Rin actually does play a more important role as the show goes on, but then so do all of them. But You'll see that later on. So long story short, Akira is stuck because he doesn't know what the other person is who's that referencing. Is it the person that he's directly in combat in or the person that he's focusing on? How many people does he have to trick for his power to actually activate? Luckily for him, he's in a group with um. Kaka- uh, with Kirisaki, the guy that he fought in the first match, the delinquent. So he already has one person who thinks that his power is the arm cannon. So he tells everyone else in his group that he has the arm cannon, but no one really believes him until he's up during his fight where he has to test all of that, trying to figure out what to do. Luckily, his opponent is a very defensive person. Uh their ability wasn't very attack based. However, he he still needs to test out what defines the other person. So he shoots his teammate, narrowly missing him because he was able to determine that if he was his focus, it uh Kurosaki, the guy that he fought first, if he was his focus and he knew about his power, then it would activate. So he did it to Kurosaki, and then everyone else saw what his power was, which he automatically made everyone believe in that arena what his power was. So he was able to, to determine that it was whoever he was focusing on and what you would consider as both people being engaged. So if he was to aim at someone who wasn't expecting him to fire, it won't activate. But because of that first match kind of rivalry between him and Kurosaki, Kurosaki obviously still felt engaged with him in one way or another. So that's why it worked. So he does actually learn a lot from that one match. Sure enough, his team wins, and they then move on to the next challenge which this is where they had a really good opportunity and it all went well until the last episode which we'll get to so they then walk into this giant field and there's hundreds of people and there's three teams you have the reds the greens and the blues the reds are led by two brothers who are very um, almost like gang leaders. And then you have the Greens, which are very conservative, and they just want everyone to live in peace, essentially. And then you've got the Blues, who really don't care about anything, and they just pretty much freeload off of whatever. Now, the Reds constantly try and attack the Greens, and the Greens constantly try and attack the Reds. And they've kind of been in a stalemate years because the leaders of both of the factions are very, very powerful. And they don't know to what extent their power goes to. So, they've kind of been at a stalemate. Akira then catches up with his teammates. As well as some of his uh, rivals from the last fight. And then, after kind of going backwards and forwards. Meon, the organiser of the whole thing. Tez says that there will be a massive war between red and green. And then she sets up the essentially the, the challenge, and they fight. I'm warning you, though, for this show, the CGI isn't so good. I mean, it's, it's not like it's an old show either, that you can say, oh, well, it's just that old style. It was from the middle of last year. So it's not an overly old show. But yeah, the the 3D modeling for the fights is it, it contrasts a lot compared to the actual animation of the rest of the show. So Anyway, they go through the fights and everything, and then the what we think is the Green's leader dies because of a spy from the other team. Turns out he wasn't the leader, and Akira was. Akira then goes and attacks one of the brothers, who was pretty much the brains of everything, um, eliminates him, and then goes for the king, being the other brother, who is attacking all of his teammates. and. Pretty much a big fight through there. And at the end of the day, Akira wins. The greens, the green team wins. It's actually a pretty satisfying ending to that fight, and I was really, really happy with that aspect of it. Where it all begins to fall down is the story afterwards. Because all of a sudden, we see the Akira wakes up in his bed, and the first thing that he says is, that dream again, and I know what you're thinking, yes, it is like a year 7 creative writing being. and he woke up, and it was all a dream, yeah, I'm being serious, so anyway, he woke up, he goes and catches up with Yuri, who before the thing he had never met in his life before, but now goes and hangs out with the... And they act as if nothing happened and it's really confusing. But then there's like a reference to the next challenge and it's kind of all over the place. So I would greatly appreciate it if there was another season just to try and understand what is happening in that last episode, and also to continue the show. I mean, it's... The whole premise of it is him wanting to destroy the whole system, which I think is awesome. And I would love to see it. But it's... You know? It's... One of those things where... I really want another season of it, but I feel like there's not going to be another season of it. Which sucks, so I will go and what it if it doesn't come out, you know, soon. I'm not going to wait the next five years. I will just go and read the manga. And then if it gets adapted, then great, I'll go and watch it and it'll be great. But it really, really reminded me of something similar to, like, um, Tomodachi Game. except he has a little bit more morals, and he's a little bit more controlled, but other like the concept is similar. I could easily see Yuichi doing something like this, and I will talk about Tomodachi Game in a future episode, because it is one of my favorite animes that I've ever seen, and I've been looking everywhere for the manga but I just can't seem to get it. But I really, really want to finish that off because that was very... it It was amazing. And this kind of reminded me of that, and I think that's another reason why I got so hooked. But we'll never know until we continue on with the story. So I guess for the time being, that's that. So thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, we finally have an Instagram page being broke.boys.podcast. So go and follow us on that. It's the latest updates on um, episodes we're doing. Uh, we'll also be having polls. You can ask any questions. Um, also, we have a Mal club set up being Broke Boys podcast. If you've got Mal, go and follow that. Any questions that you have, any topics that you want discussed, anything like that. Um, we'll also be able to ask you guys questions about what kind of content you want, and we can go from there. If you haven't already listened to the other episodes, please go and do that. There should be two, at least another two out there if you haven't already listened to those. Feel free to go and do that. If you like anime but don't like cars, go and give it a listen. For um, You, you never know. You can you can be a fan of both like like I am. I love them both which as you can tell by the title of the podcast is why I'm broke. So thank you again for listening and peace out.